Hi, this is Him We Proclaim with Dr. John Fonville. Jesus is the living bread that satisfies the deepest hunger in our lives. That's why we gather each week and partake in things like the Lord's Supper. Communion is a sign of close fellowship between God and His people. It's not an ordinary meal, it's a holy meal where Christians participate when they gather to worship. Let's continue now with the Gift Giver in His Gathered Guest series with a message called The Lord's Supper, The Gift Giver's Gift, Part 2. The sacraments, baptism, and the Lord's Supper are connected to the Word of God and serve to us as visible words. They are God's objective revelation declaring to us exactly what the word of promise declares to us, namely Jesus in all of his saving benefits for us. And so this little cup of wine or juice, this piece of bread, water in a baptismal font, These are connected to the word of God and are God's objective revelation speaking to you visible words of good news. How do I know this? Listen to the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. Paul refers to the Lord's Supper as a visible proclamation of the gospel. Listen to what he says. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim, there's a proclamation. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, it is a proclamation. You proclaim what? The Lord's death, substitutionary atonement for your sins on the cross. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so it must be remembered that apart from the word of God, the service of the word, the sacraments are merely empty symbols, indistinguishable from a meal at most. No different from bread you might get at Subway. No different from the bread you might get from Catherine, who makes that great homemade bread for us every Lord's Supper, right? If it's not attached to the word of God in the gospel, these are empty symbols that become acts of superstition and religion, dead religion. But listen, the word of God can exist apart from the sacraments. But the sacraments cannot exist without the word of God, the promise of the gospel. But when accompanied with the pure preaching of the gospel, the sacraments, when they are properly administered, serve in the church as a visible gospel, which the Holy Spirit takes these little signs and seals, and through them, the Holy Spirit confirms your faith in Christ. And so the chief aim of the second part of this service is to confirm your faith. It is to assure you that God's saving mercies in Christ are true for you. One author says that they are like neon signs flashing good news, good news. This is true for you. Take and eat. This is good news for you. The Holy Spirit takes the sacraments, takes the Lord's Supper, 
takes baptism, and he fully and firmly confirms and convinces and assures the believer that God is able to do what he has promised in the gospel to do for you. And that against all apparent appearances of your life, that at that moment, everything in your conscience is telling you, this is not true for me. I've just blown it too much this week. I've gone too far this time. I've been put in a permanent timeout. And the Lord gives us, he institutes these sacraments to say there is no permanent timeout for those who are in Christ. There is forgiveness and there is unending eternal favor from your Father. That's what this is for. Again, this is simply an outworking of the faith that we believe, teach, and confess. Listen again to the Heidelberg Catechism, question 65. Since we are made partakers of Christ, we come into union with Christ. And all his benefits, where does this saving faith come from? The Holy Spirit creates faith in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel, service of the word. And he confirms our faith by the use of the holy sacraments, service of the sacrament, the twofold division of the, of the divine service. There it is right there. If you're going to receive the comfort of the gospel, you have to have the assurance that you indeed have a saving relationship with Christ. If you're going to love and serve your neighbor from this place in, in good works that God has prepared for us to walk in, if we come to be served to serve, if you're going to love and serve your neighbor and obey God's law, you have to have assurance of your relationship with Christ. If you're going to give obedience to God's law, true obedience, not just servile, dutiful obedience. It's like, okay, I've got to love my wife, so I'll just do something for her to show her that I love her. You know I mean? That don't work too good. Like if it's her birthday and you remember it and you put a yellow sticky note on the bathroom mirror and say to her in sloppy handwriting, happy birthday, Catherine. I don't think she's going to feel too loved. That's not how we love and serve our neighbor with that servile, just do your duty, do enough just to get by. That's not what we're talking about. If you're truly going to serve the Lord, love and serve your neighbor, you have to have the assurance of God's love for you, which comes from his service to you as a gift. Christ instituted the sacrament so that the Christian can see and understand more clearly and also, yes, feel and experience more profoundly the promises of the gospel. We are not against experiential faith at this church. We believe in great experience, but it comes through means. And there's no greater means given to truly experience the work of the Spirit in your life and to understand and comprehend the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ than through the ministry of the word and the sacraments. Because they were designed to help believers receive assurance of their faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what they're for. Listen to what Herman Witsius said. He was a great 16th century Reformed theologian in, in Europe. He said, 
What believers see with their eyes usually sink deeper into the soul and leave deeper impressions of themselves than those only which they hear with their ears. He's exactly right. This is why the Lord's Supper is so central and so important to the corporate worship of God's people week in and week out. The Lord's Supper is not, strictly speaking, the works of men. It is first and foremost the work of God on your behalf. The sacrament of the Lord's Supper is the gift giver's gift to sinful, needy people who need his service. It is the place of God's action and presence. And so our Lord, by the work of the Holy Spirit, is the first primary actor. He is the servant in this sacrament. First, the Lord's Supper is a graced interaction. It is a fellowship, a graced fellowship between God and his people. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. Paul asked the Corinthians this question. He says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? That word participation is koinonia, fellowship. The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? You see, the Lord's Supper, when you come, is a fellowship of sinners redeemed by grace, communing with the risen, glorified Lord of this universe. This participation, this fellowship that Paul is speaking of is why this sacrament is commonly referred to as Holy Communion. It is holy because it is set apart. It is not an ordinary participation. This is not an ordinary meal. This is not like going to dinner time at your house. This is the meal of all meals. This is holy. This is set apart. This is communion. This is participation in the blood and body of Christ himself. And so we come to Holy Communion, we come to this sacrament, and the Holy Spirit leads us to commune with the risen, living Christ. I love how this one author talks about the fellowship that is experienced here in this sacrament. And keep in mind, people come to church saying that we want fellowship, we want fellowship. Listen very carefully where you get true, real fellowship. Holy communion is the sweetest fellowship on earth. It is rich in nourishment as together we feed on Christ by faith. By faith, we look to the historical Christ represented. As we trust in the sufficiency of his sacrifice, we are nourished. He loves me. He gave himself For me, he is the living bread who satisfies my deepest hunger and strengthens me to bear fruit for him. It is also to be noted that the Lord's Supper is not only a graced interaction of fellowship between God and believers, but it is also a graced interaction and fellowship between believers 
horizontally in the church. Following 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, listen to what the Apostle Paul says in chapter 10, verse 17. He says, because there is one bread, how many loaves do you see up here on this table? One. Why? Because this is our theology. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. Communing together in this sacrament is the deepest fellowship possible for God's people on this earth. Because there is one loaf, the apostle says, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. In holy communion, we commune with the risen Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit unites us from one body of Christ to make us one body in him together at this table. This sacrament reminds us that Christ is the common source of life that binds us all together in fellowship as one body. This is why the Lord's Supper is absolutely vital to your sanctification because the more you partake of it, it's the gospel forces you what? Out of yourself and out in love to your neighbor. You can't come to this table if, you are not, if you're in unrepented conflict with your neighbor. You cannot do it. The gospel leads you to repentance. This is why the Lord's Supper is powerfully a means of grace to shape and mold you into the likeness of Christ. It leads you to Christ. And what does Paul say the gospel does? It is the gospel that leads us to repentance. The gospel leads us to repentance. Second, the Lord's Supper is also a sign and seal of God's covenant of grace. It is a sign and seal of God's covenant of grace. In Luke 22, verse 20, in the passage we looked at last week, Jesus assures his half-hearted sinning disciples this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. It is through these visible signs and seals. What is a seal? A seal is simply a guarantee that it's true for you. Through these visible signs and seals, the Holy Spirit confirms, he assures us of God's covenant promise. What is his covenant promise that runs from Genesis all the way to Revelation and is repeated over and over throughout redemptive history? Here it is. I will be your God and you shall be my people. And that's what this covenant meal affirms and assures in your life. It is by the means of these visible signs that the Holy Spirit guarantees, seals on your conscience, the promises from your heavenly Father's goodwill toward you in Christ. These little visible signs and seals are flashing like that neon sign saying, your Father in heaven has good will toward you. In Christ, for the sake of Jesus, he has good will towards you. Why? Because he is doing this because he knows we need to have our weak faith sustained. 
John Calvin in the Institutes has a beautiful description about our faith, and he says we come in and out of unbelief throughout our whole life, don't we? We struggle with believing. We believe we don't believe. Lord, we pray, I believe, help my unbelief. One day our faith is strong. The next day it's like we felt like we got run over by a, a, a bulldozer. That was me last week. And so the, our Heavenly Father gives us these signs and seals to, to seal on our consciences the promises of the gospel of his good will toward us to sustain the weakness of our faith. I love how John Calvin uses these descriptive phrases to talk about the sacraments. He calls them, listen, tokens of God's covenantal love. Tokens of God's covenantal love. Love that never fails, love that never reneges, love that never stops loving, love that never breaks its promise, love that will love you forever and ever and ever, never stop pursuing you as a beloved child of God. That's what these sacraments do. And so the Lord's Supper is first and foremost God's pledge of faithfulness and devotion and commitment to us. It is a sign and seal of his covenantal love to us. So as you receive the bread and cup, listen carefully. The Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, as you receive the bread and cup, which is attached to the promise of the gospel, which is why we always have the gospel read as the elements are being passed out. So you are listening intently to the gospel as you receive that element. That's why we do this. Attaching the promise, the ministry of the word to the ministry of the sacrament. And as you receive the bread and cup, listen. God the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in a visible, tangible way. He is speaking to you through this. It is visible, objective revelation confirming to your Weak faith and sin bowed down conscience. All the promises of the gospel are true for you right now. That's powerful. This means that we don't come to the Lord's table waving our white flag of surrender in hopes to appease an angry, wrathful judge. The Lord's Supper, do you know what it is? The Lord's Supper is a perpetual ratification of God's peace treaty with his people. He has the white flag up here. And he's saying to all sinners who come trusting in Christ alone for, for their salvation, there is no judgment here. There is peace with your king. I'm not your conqueror. I am your Lord and Savior. I am your heavenly father. There is good will for you at this table. It is his perpetual ratification of his peace treaty with his enemies. So as you receive the bread and cup, look to Christ and his saving work that these signs and seals represent because the Holy Spirit is assuring you that all of your sins, past present and future are really washed away by the blood of Christ. Here's the third point. The Lord's Supper is a memorial of Christ's atonement. 
In the words of institution, Jesus says to his disciples, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This sacrament, the Lord's Supper, is to remind us specifically, Jesus says, of his death on the cross. This sacrament points us continually to Christ dying on the cross in our place, paying the penalty of our sins. That's why it's a visible gospel. The bread and wine are visible signs of Christ's body and blood. The broken bread signifies his broken body on the cross. The wine signifies his shed blood on the cross. And so as Jesus fulfills Pentecost and institutes the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, he says to his disciples, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so just as baptism is the unbloody replacement of circumcision, so the Lord's Supper is the unbloody replacement of Passover. This sacrament signifies to us that Christ is the Passover lamb who takes away our sin and keeps away the angel of death from destroying us. On that fateful night in Egypt... On the night of the Passover, the angel of death swept through the land of Egypt, killing all the firstborn males, every one of them. The firstborn of the Israelites, however, were spared. And Moses tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 7, they were not spared because they were better than any other nation. He says, in fact, they were worse than any other nation. Why were they spared? It's not because they were better people. It's because they were sheltered under the blood of the Passover lamb. And Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread and gave thanks and broke it and and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He became the fulfillment of all the thousands of Passover lambs. He was the Passover lamb. And so that now all who by faith are sheltered under the blood of Christ, the Passover lamb will be spared of the coming judgment. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Listen to these comforting words. For God has not destined us for wrath. Aren't you glad for that? What has he destined us for? To obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we've been destined to. Who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. That's our destiny. So every time we observe the Lord's Supper, the Holy Spirit leads us to the cross of Christ. The Holy Spirit, whom the Nicene Creed says, is the Lord and giver of life. 
He reveals the glory of the cross and enables us to discover Christ afresh in his saving work for us in the sacrament every time we come to it. The Holy Spirit confirms and assures our troubled, doubting hearts that all of the unsearchable riches of Christ are true for us at this table. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this sacrament. We thank you for the ministry of your word that creates faith in us. And we thank you for the ministry of the sacrament that confirms this faith. We thank you that you take this sign and seal, this visible sign and seal, and serve us and save us. We thank you that as we come now, we can receive the very body and blood of our Lord by faith and be nourished and strengthened so that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, John. The message you just heard is called The Lord's Supper, The Gift Giver's Gift, Part 2. More from the Gift Giver series coming up next time. The heart of Him We Proclaim is to bring you the gospel of good news each weekday. With each message, our prayer is you would hear, believe, and enjoy the gospel in your life. If you want to re-listen to or share any of these messages, you can find our smartphone app or locate our podcast by searching for Dr. John Fonville or Him We Proclaim. Him We Proclaim is a broadcast of Dr. John Fonville. If you would like to learn more about his local church in Jacksonville, Florida, you can visit ParamountChurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.